Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. So, uh, me and Paul are going to take you through uh, through sometimes murky waters, sometimes choppy seas, but always entertaining football. We're going to talk Middlesbrough football and uh, other games. We like to cover other games. What's been happening in the last week? What's going on in the coming week? And there might even be a little bit of uh, a little bit of something special towards the back end, so watch out for that. If you're checking us out on YouTube and you're our YouTube subscriber crew, congratulations, you made the right choice, so thank you for that. If you're an audio listener, you can subscribe on SoundCloud and on iTunes. So, uh, so you know, do that. Hey, how about doing it all? Sign up, subscribe to all of them. Why not? So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the Riverside Roundup. And just like that, they were off. So, uh, at time of recording, it is Wednesday. At time of listening, it's probably Thursday. But as we know, Wednesday and Thursday, absolutely football day. Um, One's for podcasting, one's for listening. It's all about the football in our house. Um, For you listeners... You can hear my dulcet tone, so you know that I am here, and uh, I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. Paul Williams, the host of the newly rebranded, under new management, Riverside Roundup podcast. Mr. Paul Williams, do you have an intro for this here podcast? Um... Well, we we sort of, we sort of covered it last week, didn't we? It was basically something like that. Well, welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you said you were just going to rip that and just reuse it every week. Oh yeah, get a soundboard going. Yeah, absolutely need a soundboard, don't I? I knew this day would well, come. In, in lieu in lieu of a, of a soundboard, I'll, I'll I'll give it another rip. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, to another weekly instalment of your borough banter, I suppose, and uh, chatter. Uh, it is, of course, the Riverside Roundup, uh, where we're going to discuss all things, all things borough and just football in general, really. Indeedy doody, and howdy doody to you. So. It's a very, it's a very simple sort of format. This we start in one place, we go to another place, we saunter into another area, and we end on a high. Wish we ended on a high, Jesus. So, what we like to do to kick the ball and get it rolling. See what I did there? Yeah, I made it a football flavour. What we like to do is we like to start with. A uh, section we call This Week in Football. Has anything happened this week in football? Well, I've, I've, made, a, I've made a couple of, uh, of notes. Um, as uh, Just before we, be, uh, we began the recording, I did actually uh, let it slip to you that I, I had nothing. I had nothing, Andrew. I had nothing to discuss. But um, I've, I've, I've done a little bit of digging. I have found a few bits and pieces that, that have... That, Tickle, tickle the old taste buds or the taint, if you will. If, if I were, uh, I absolutely would. If you're, uh, if you're so inclined, oh, the uh, Jim Cornette podcast, he likes to tickle the taint, so to speak. Um, so, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed there was the agreement to use the implementation of concussion substitutions. Indeed, which would fall outside of the regular three or five. Substitutions that are being used in the Premier League and Football League games and the Cup games. Um, and apparently, last night in the West Ham-Manchester United game, West Ham became the first team to use 
a concussion substitution in English football. Really? Um, I'll just double check who it was. I believe it was Issa Diop, who was the man who was withdrawn. So he is a central defender. He was taken off um, as a precaution. He had a clash of heads with Anthony Martial, um, and he was removed. I can't believe I didn't write this down, as that is uh, kind of uh, kind of idiotic, really, that I didn't write that down. What a silly, silly man. Uh, da, 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 da. Aha. So, Diop who entered the game as a substitute himself in the 16th minute to replace the injured Angelo Ogbonna, suffered a clash of heads with United forward Anthony Martial in the closing stages of the first half. Both of the, both of the Frenchmen continued until the break, but Diop did not return for the second half, and West Ham confirmed on their match blog and Twitter account that they had used the new guidelines. To clarify, Issa Diop was replaced as a concussion substitute, meaning we can now make a total of six changes, as can Man United if we see fit, the club website said. Another enforced change, so this is from the official West Ham Twitter feed, another enforced change. This time, Yamalenko is replaced by Odubeko. As the Diop substitution was due to concussion, we had two changes remaining. So they just covered it all on their uh, on their social media accounts and stuff like that. So it's nice to see that it's been, been brought, uh, it's been used. Obviously, at the time that they made the substitution, they would have still had um, other substitutions available to them anyway, um, but obviously they made a, they must have made a um, a point to actually mention it to the ref that it was being used as a concussion substitution, not as anything else. So obviously he must have a separate section of his book to write that down so he can keep a note of it. Because obviously you would imagine that it would potentially start to get a little bit messy and yeah. you could start arguing. There's like people sort of playing the system and stuff like that. So. Uh, so it's good that that started to be used. So hopefully we'll see that. Well, I say hopefully. You don't ever want people to be getting like head injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. If the situ- if the situation arise arises again, you would hope that we start to see that coming um, more often throughout the game. Um, sticking with last night's football, um, so we're at, we're at FA Cup week. So as I don't know why this has been agreed, but for some reason they're playing the fifth round of the FA Cup in midweek this time rather than waiting until the Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we had a handful of games last night, a handful of games tonight, and then the uh, remainder of the games being finished off tomorrow. Um, interesting situation in the Bur- the Bournemouth versus Burnley tie in that um, Burnley almost shot themselves in the foot by selecting an in-edge... In- uh, Ineligible player in their starting lineup. So in the uh, in the previous two rounds, Eric Peters, the left back, had been booked, I believe, in both games. Therefore, incurred a suspension. He was listed in the starting lineup for Burnley. They didn't realise the Bournemouth uh, team and the the coaches and stuff actually. St- Actually outlined it and, and explained and they pointed it out to the Burnley team, and uh, they must have said to him, "Listen, you you picked a guy who's not eligible to play here." So fair play to Bur- uh, to Bournemouth for that's, pointing it out. That's sportsmanship, Bur- right? If they'd not said anything, and Burnley then went on played the game and won, they'd have been thrown out of the competition for fielding an ineligible player. So fair play to Bournemouth for pointing it out. Good on them. Better in the end because Bournemouth beat him anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, so yeah, so interesting, bit of a strange one that one, but I just thought it was uh, it was noteworthy. It did Absolutely. Brought up. Um, now this next point is something that we have brought up in the podcast in the last couple of weeks, and that I think you will potentially take a bit of an interest in here. So do you remember a, no- a number of weeks ago we discussed that there was a takeover? In the offing of uh, Wrexham, I was I was going to bring this up, and the people looking to complete the takeover, I've had to write the name, the first name down because I don't, I don't, I've not known who this guy is. But apparently, it's uh, actors Rob McElhenney Indeed. and Ryan old, Reynolds. Old Matt, uh, obviously uh, Ryan Reynolds. I, I, is it is it is it under argument there that Ryan Reynolds is the is the more famous of the two? 
no, but uh, Rob McElhenney has uh, is a creator of what is now the longest running sitcom. I think it is. So it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is now um, been running, has been running as the longest, and has been renewed for I think three more seasons. Uh, and not only is he one of the main people in it, one of the main four, uh, he is a co-creator of the show. So uh, from from that side of things, but I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's like it's kind of like a, a Ryan Reynolds sort of sort of situation. Uh, I did see they they done a they done an advert where they're doing a a special um, a special bottle celebration bottle of aviation gin. For for the for the takeover, uh, the the label on the front of the bottle will be red. Um, Ryan Reynolds has been posting various pictures of uh, of him in his football uh, like jacket, like a like with a with an aviation hat on and stuff. So yeah, that um, it, it's it's actually been sort of quite nice to sort of follow it along because they're both like properly over the moon about it. They're they're well chuffed. Uh, and it's been a really big thing for them. And when you think about, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds owns one of the most popular gin companies in America. And he also owns a mobile phone company. Um, he, own, he owns Mint Mobile. Uh, as, as well as being, you know, Deadpool. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, he's probably got at least a few contracts with Netflix at the moment and stuff like that, you know, as far as, uh, as far as that side of things goes. So, but yeah, to see that level of fame, but then to also see them like both of them to be so, so over the moon about something, it's, uh, it's been entertaining to sort of, to sort of watch and, uh, watch along. So yeah, that completed yesterday, I believe from, from I believe the so. person stuff. So yeah. yeah so that's been, that's been ratified by the uh, by the FA. Um, I'd imagine the FA of Wales have also had to get involved with that. Um, so yeah, should be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, doesn't affect me directly as I'm not a supporter of Wrexham, but I've obviously got a bit of a soft spot for Hartlepool United. Obviously, with my dad supporting them and having probably been to more Hartlepool games than any other team, including my own, which is which is odd. Um, but yeah, I've uh, I've definitely got an affinity for Hartlepool United, and they're in the same division. So um, you'd imagine that that will strengthen Wrexham's position as a as a direct rival to Hartlepool United for the coming seasons. So um, it'll certainly be interesting to see how they uh, how they go about sort of putting money into the club mm. for transfers perspective. Uh, wages perspective stuff like that but obviously they can uh, they have to work within the financial fair play regulations as all football clubs do so they can't just they can't just go in and just bankroll you know just dumb if they wanted to say just like oh here's 500 million for you to go out and start signing yeah. players it's not quite how it works lads but um, yeah. they can they can certainly put in uh, you know funds of their own and they, um, as long as they've Worked through the correct channels for like operating costs and stuff like that. They'll be able to, um, they'll be able to uh, certainly financially back the club and stuff like that. Does it? Do you know what what it came about from? Is it like is one of the family friends or something linked to Wrexham or? I I honestly just think it was one of those. They were looking. They were they were in a position to sell. They were in a position to buy. Kind of situation. I think it's been something that. They've both, um, they've both wanted to do. I'm pretty sure they've formed, they've formed a company to buy it under. That's an amalgam- right. amalgamation of their names. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a a, a, a happy circumstance sort of thing. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know any more than that other than I've seen it sort of going on through it. There's been a lot of pictures of like um Mac on set, like between takes, watching 
like football games and stuff. So, nice. Well, it's, it's nice that they're not just obviously like it does seem that like, obviously to give, to give a little bit of background, they do this thing called a fit and proper persons test for anyone who's looking to purchase a, a, a football club. So, what that the hope there is that obviously in the in the eighties and nineties there was a bit of a spate of um, people who had a little bit of wealth who were buying football clubs as a bit of a sort of a play thing, sort of like, because it, it was it was one of those things like the people who had, you know, a couple of million pounds here and there, it was a bit of a status symbol to say that you were the owner of a football club. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of there was a lot of people who bought football clubs that didn't really have the finances that they said they did to basically back up an ownership as such. So this fit and proper persons test was brought in to avoid... Um, for want of a better phrase, dodgy bastards buying football clubs and running them into the ground, like asset stripping and things like that. Because there was a lot of pe- there was a lot of things where um, people would buy the club, sell the- sell the ground to like a development firm. Because obviously, most most football clubs ground like if they're a- if they're an established club, the-, the football ground's usually right in the middle of the city centre or right in the middle of the town centre. So would be perfect for housing development or supermarket development of that so obviously comes at a pretty penny so if you're the if you're the owner of a club the the point is that you can basically buy or sell sell the um sell the sell the ground sell the training ground as just assets at the club to get your money back and make a handsome profit on the side and then you club and then they, like sell the club on when it has absolutely no like sell sell value, but you've already got your money back from doing otherwise and so like that. So yeah, dodgy uh, dodgy times. But obviously this this fit and proper persons thing has come in now to sort of stop that being the case. So and it does seem as if they're legitimately interested in the mm. uh, in the club in the town. Yeah, they seem like they've got good intentions for it and stuff like that. Um, so we'll wait and see how it pans out. But yeah, that was I thought that was definitely something newsworthy. Mm. Um, and then the last thing that I've got something a bit—it's—it's it's not racism for a change. However, it isn't nice. Um, last week in the West Ham game, uh, the referee sent off uh, a West Ham player. Um, I think it turned out to be incorrectly. It, it was when they looked at it, it should have probably been overturned by the VAR and, and, and that stuff, but it wasn't overturned. Um, the sending off stood and I think West Ham went on to lose the game um, the referee in charge was Mike Dean who people who listen and, and watch this will, will know who that is he's a he's a rather sort of infamous is probably the best way to, to class it a rather infamous man in uh, football circles because he's a bit of a man for the big occasion so to speak when it comes to being a ref he's, uh, he, he tends to tends to get himself involved in situations when he probably shouldn't be at the at the heart of the matter and things like that. Um, so he doesn't he doesn't make things easy for himself. However, he has received death threats in the aftermath of this sending off. Um, so bad so much so and so like to like such an extent where He's physically asked to be removed from the from the referees list for this weekend, so he's not got a game to officiate this weekend. Now I don't know if that's just for one week to let things settle down, and um, so he can go back to it at a later date. But he's certainly asked to be removed from the from the list for this weekend. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But it's. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit silly when uh, you know because a, because an FA because a because a referee has you know made an error. You think and it's because it's come against your team. You think it's well within your rights to basically threaten his life. It's. I mean, come on, lads, get a bit of a grip of yourself and stuff like that, and like think about what you're doing. It's that. It's that sort of thing where if it's happened on Twitter and the police are able to find the source and can 
actually link the account to the person in question that sent the death threats, it should come with you know criminal prosecution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, no one just doing their job should ever sort of feel that their life is threatened, and it's just it's just absolutely crazy. No. But that is very much the world we live in, and like you say, you know those those individual steps to make that happen, that will fall down at one of those steps. You know, oh, it's a fake Twitter account. Oh, the you know the email address is completely made up, and all that sort of stuff. It's it's why people are in a position to get away with this sort of stuff because there is there is very little that can be done. But that in itself. Is an issue, so you know they need Pretty to be ta- they need to be tackling that. I think. Um, anything else from the last week? I, I, that's 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 all I've got as the sort of the big talking points. Really. Okay. Well, anybody that listens knows, and if it's your first time, you're in for a good time because we're going to find out what the uh, what the next section segment like an orange um we like to predict football games not very well well i'm not very good at it paul loves going i'm not going to get any points here but i'm going to make that i'm going to make up for it here you know what can i do about that nothing is the answer nothing let me give you an example so, that's not a very good example at all, uh, because, uh, because yeah. We predicted four games last week. Um, first of the four was, weirdly enough, a Middlesbrough game, but even weirder than that. It was Middlesbrough versus Brentford. Because uh, although this is a Middlesbrough-based podcast, the Brentford boys are absolutely taking over. Um, as I believe they may have done on the pitch as well. Paul, what, what, what was the score? What happened? Well, the game started really well. Within three minutes, Borough were one nil up. Game's not finished after three minutes, though, Andy. When the game did finish, Middlesbrough had scored one goal, technically. It was an own goal. So, uh, so Middlesbrough had scored one goal. They'd also conceded four. Yeah, yeah they did. So, so not ideal. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Middlesbrough one, Brentford four. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brentford technically scored all five. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that. Um, so I've written down names of goal scorers immediately, straight out of the gate. I'm like, I've never heard of this person before, and he plays for Middlesbrough. So we weren't off to a great start. Who scored the Middlesbrough goal? Wasn't somebody who plays for Middlesbrough. Presumably, so, it was somebody who plays for Brentford. It was. It was an own goal by the goalkeeper, David Raya. Now then, I'm going to go out of limb. I've checked the book, and uh, yeah, we didn't put down an own goal from the goalkeeper uh, on our list. No points there. On the other side of the fence, uh, Brentford had four goals by three goal scorers. So, who scored those four goals? There was a brace for our man, Tony. Tony. There was also a goal for Vitali Janelt. Uh, and a goal for Matthias Jensen. So, the way this breaks down is, uh, your good self went for a 1-1 draw. 
Um, now, this was the, actually the game where I was like, I'm really sorry. I have given Middlesbrough a goal on this one, but I have put them down to lose. Um, Brentford seemed to be quite dominant at the moment. And Middlesbrough, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it's just a bit of a bit of a shake-up with new players coming in a bit of a settling period or what. But Middlesbrough don't seem to be doing amazingly at this point in time. So I did go with a 1-2. Points on the board for me. Like I was saying, uh, we didn't pick the, the Brentford goalkeeper to score for um, for Middlesbrough. Um, but me and my predictability did pick Tony for a goal. Uh, so having said that, that Paul likes to get points all over the shop, uh, it was uh, it was two points for me and nothing for Paul. Moving swiftly on, now here's something for you. This game, this next game, really pissed me off. Not for incorrect predictions, not for incorrect goal scorers, not for any of that. What pissed me off was it took me 20 minutes to track it down on BBC Sport because, uh, oh, that's right, it wasn't on BBC Sport. And in the end, I had to Google Barnsley versus Derby County. And do you know what Google told me that BBC Sport neglected to mention? Yeah, that's right. The game didn't go ahead due to a waterlogged pitch. So we've got a couple of P's. I believe postponed. Um, obviously, what that means for those games there is that we couldn't take any points because nobody predicted a, a postponed game. I don't know whether we do points for postponed. Um, what that means over those two games, for the first time ever, not, not the first time ever, but for the first time in a long time, I won. Two points to nothing. Thank you, sir. I, I, uh, I feel, I feel like I've, you know, I've brought it back from the brink. Speaking of bringing it back from the brink, let's have a look at the other two games we predicted, shall we? And then let's see, uh, let's see how it's properly done. Leicester versus Brighton. Now, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but. At the point we were about to start recording, we were still waiting for this game to finish. Well, to to peel back the curtain, so so to speak, um, as we were dialing into the call, uh, it was the ninety second minute of the uh, Leicester Brighton FA Cup tie, and I believe my immortal words to yourself were. This is going to extra time, this. Absolutely. And obviously, Kelechi Iheanacho must have had his, his ears pricked up uh, as he uh, loitered at the back post uh, where the Brighton defenders just decided to completely ignore him. Uh, he then uh, nipped back in uh, and uh, headed in the winner in the 94th minute. Some would say loitering with intent. Now well, then, now then, is is how this breaks down. This is the way these these things go. So I'm all smug, you know. Yeah, I've got got myself a little win. Put it in, put it in my top pocket, just there. Keep it close to the heart. Leicester versus Brighton, one nil. You say? Just um, just give me that name again. Uh, Ian Atcher, Ian Atcher. Hmm. Hmm. Because what I've got here is that you and I both predicted the same score. A couple of goals. Everyone's happy. 2-0 to Leicester. No, no, no. But, because we put down Leicester to win, point each. I didn't pick the correct goal scorer. But, um, yeah, that's right. You did. So... Uh, get get your calculators out, people, to keep score here, because uh, that's uh, that's two for Paul and one for me. But we've got another game left. Don't you don't you fret. We've got another game left. We've got. 
he can't get which team, but he can't guess which teams involved. Couple of teams that we rarely talk about: Reading. Reading barely ever get a look in. I'll look back through the book to see if I could uh, steal some predictions at one point in time. And in the end, I was like, "Gonna have to go to the old Tinterwebs to get some uh, to get some scores there, or do what I usually do when I can't be bothered to go to the Tinterweb and just put them down to score nil." Um, who's this team? Uh, who's this team here? This this Brent Ford. Brent Ford. Uh, I've not heard of them before. Uh, it's not like we predict multiple Brentford games a week. Uh, that is right. Reading versus Brentford. Um, yeah. What was the score? Let's start there. Well, again, it's a game that's only just finished within the last few hours. But the game finished Reading 1. Brentford three. Three. So I'm gonna set this up the way the way it should be set up. I'm gonna set this up nicely. Uh Paul, you decided it was gonna be a Desmond. So one three is not what you were looking for. The only way you can claw this one back is if you correctly predicted some goal scorers. Who scored the one goal for, for, Reading, uh, for Reading? It was Lucas Zhao. Mm, I've, I've heard that name before. Casting my mind back and looking at the book, I heard it right about this time last week when you said uh, Zhao. And I went, Carvalho? So, do you know who scored, which two players scored three goals for Brentford? Well, our old friend Tony managed to get himself in the year goals again. Tony. But only once. The other two two goals were called by Josh Da Silva. Da Silva. Now then, where you didn't get any points for the... Correct score prediction. Yes, you absolutely did get points for uh, two of the goal scorers. So, Zhao and Tony. I I got a point for picking Brentford to win. Yay me. I also picked Tony to score the one goal I predicted. So, let me take you back mere moments where we had a conversation about who got what points. Uh, two points for Mr. Williams in the Leicester Brighton, and then another two points in the Red in Brentford, versus one point for Mr. Cook in the Leicester Brighton, and two points in the Red in Brentford game. Yeah, it was a short-lived victory because it's a it's a three-four there. Congratulations to you, sir. That is. The week gone by's games. Funnily enough, that's right. Brings us up to uh, to predicting this week's games. The way it works is we like to uh, to get a glimpse of the future by predicting Middlesbrough's game this week, and maybe get get to get a taste for what's to come by predicting the team that Middlesbrough are going to play next. Their game this week as well keeps it interesting. Uh, as it is, and uh, we we off air had an extensive conversation about the way to do this because there are weekend games and then there are Tuesday games, and because we record on a Wednesday, you know, break the fourth break the fourth wall and let you know when it all goes down. That means that there are four mighty games to predict. Anybody that's keeping up with the Joneses will know that uh, the first game to predict, Derby County versus Middlesbrough. Um, Anybody that's been listening along to the newly rebranded football podcast, the Riverside Roundup, will know that uh, I like to get my predictions on paper when I'm writing all the book up. 
and then I'll offer it out to my esteemed colleague as to whether he would like to go first or second in the predictions. So, first or second? Hmm. I think I think we should we should we should find a bit of a formula now, and I will continue to pick first to see if I can just blow your prediction out of the water. Ruin it or highlight how terrible it is. I like it. Yeah. Um, other such games we like to play is, did Andy actually manage to find an active player for the, for said team? Go on then. Derby County versus Middlesbrough. Hit me with it. Ah, so I, will, I would like to throw in a prediction of Derby County nil. We're off to a good start. Middlesbrough one. Okay. Goal scorer. Balassi. Interesting. Okay. I like what you've done there. But I like it a little bit more even. Even Stephen for me. 1-1. One, one. I've gone with Roberts to score for Derby. And I'm going to keep throwing his name out there until he actually scores a goal. It's the man himself. It's do 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 Brits on the longer. So, swiftly moving on to Middlesbrough's next team that they're going to play. And that team is Huddersfield Town... Versus another podcast favourite, Wickham Wanderers. I've got a prediction down here in the book. Feel free to go first if you want to. I will go for a 2-2 draw. Interesting. Who's going to score those goals? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask me that. Mm, that happens. Let me rack my... Uh, I was going to say brains for some uh, some players from either side. Um, for the Wickham players, I will have Ikpiatsu I mean... I mean, I think we I think we covered it the other day, but one of their guys is called Admiral Musquay. I mean, what what a name! Um, uh, no, I will go for Scott Cashket. Okay. Now for Huddersfield, I'm just checking to see if he's fit. He is. I would like to pick Fraser Campbell. Okay. And Bakuna. Interesting. I have gone completely differently to you. I've gone with a nil one. Uh, however, I like your goal scorers because I've gone. Ik Piazzu to score the one goal. Now then, are you going to tell me about monetaries? Certainly can. So you said nil one for that, did you? I did. And one one for Middlesbrough Derby. Mm. So your Derby Middlesbrough one one at five to one. And your Huddersfield nil Wickham one at eleven to one gives you Andrew a double of seventy one to one. Hmm, like it. Me, on the other hand, with my Derby nil Middlesbrough one at six to one, and a two two Huddersfield Wickham draw fourteen to one, gives me a double of a hundred and four to one. Good money. I like it. 
So there we go, those are the first two games. Those are the weekend games. Now, as previously discussed, at the point in time that we will be recording, more games will have taken place. So, why not get those games predicted? Go all in. Double down. Other betting type phrases. Straight off the straight off the bat, it's Middlesbrough versus Huddersfield. Uh, I presume you'll want to take this away. So, what do you reckon? So, Four. Middlesbrough are currently on a run of four straight defeats at home. Not ideal. Not good. Need to arrest that slide. And I believe they will. I will go for a very narrow 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Interesting. Goal scorer. I'm going to go for another one of the new boys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Cabano. Interesting. The reason I say it's interesting is uh, because I have gone for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. But a name that doesn't get thrown around as much these days. Chubba. So, like it. Uh, now we come swiftly on to uh, to what is clearly a mild stomping ground. Uh, it's uh, it's Bristol City versus Reading. <laughs> hey, my old stomping ground versus your old stomping ground. Ah, oh, exactly. Podcast the derby. Here we the, go. The on, the only thing being is that Reading actually was my old stomping ground, whereas and I don't think you've ever even stepped foot in Bristol. At this at, at time of recording, I have never been to Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying is, the, so the first the first time that travel is allowed, the next time Borough play Bristol City, or Bristol Rovers for that matter, we're going to the game. Do you know do you know what makes it even what compounds the whole thing even more? I've absolutely been to Reading. I've, I, I well, even I even worked in Reading, so well, what, that's what we'll do. As soon as we're allowed to again, we'll get ourselves down to Bristol and we'll write it off as a business expense. All expenses paid. So, what do you think this is going to look like? Bristol City at home, yeah? Mm. I will go Bristol City 1, Reading 2. Interesting. Your goal scorers? For Bristol City, I will go Wells. Mm Mm-hmm. For reading, I will go for Zhao, and Laurent. How many freaking Zhao's do we need? <laughs> um... Again, I I am liking what you are laying down there. However, slight slight twist on on the formula. I have gone for a one-one draw with Bell scoring for Bristol City and Bulldog scoring for Reading. Is it too far in the future to get monies on? It is, sadly. If you can send me a picture of those there bets, I will make sure I put them on at the weekend. Here it comes. Here you go. Mm-mm-mm. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Live on air, a picture was taken. You can't have much more in the way of... Look, I'm even going to go... I'm going into it now. 
and then it's doing a it's doing a thing, and then it's doing this, and and now Paul will have the opportunity to laugh at absolutely oh, absolutely all of the names I've spelt so wildly wrong. I mean, some of them it's going to be like who? So that click, that click of the pen signifies that that's the end of the predicting section. Now, most weeks, most of the time, this would be the bit where we move on to, some would say the end, some would say a section we like to call any other business. Not this week. No. So, if you think back, if you cast your mind back, I was saying that we needed to get some kind of system going where we could um, do not really a quiz because there's very little point doing a quiz because that would be me asking you questions and you answering pretty much all of them correctly. So I threw it out to the to the world, to the Twitter sphere, to the I gram, to old fish book. Uh, and to you listeners and watchers at home, and I said, I would like to get some kind of like a beat the jock system going. Um, at time of recording, we've not uh, we've not had a, a massive uptake on this. Um, are you absolute son of a bitch? Why? Excuse me, technical issues. Uh, because I was like, well, maybe people need a little idea of what it. Uh, what it should look like, sound like, feel like. So it's not it's not looking good, I'm afraid, because because uh, I'm getting the getting the feeling that that page that I absolutely left o open for one reason and one reason only has decided to uh, do one. Uh, however. So, I am going to attempt to beat the jock. I like it. One question and one question only. I'm going to ask you the question. I am going to probably not set a timer because I imagine you'll get it and, you know, we'll just move on. But this is a taste. So if you're listening out there and you're like, this guy... I reckon I can take him. It's a beat the jock system football knowledge. Paul, can you tell me which manager was the only manager that was sacked in the first Premier League season? I believe it was the Chelsea manager. And that man's name was? Ian Porterfield. Fuck. Took me, it took me a while. I, <laughs> I went through some stuff. I found, I, I found a quiz buried in the deep, dark depths of the internet. And I was like, this quiz is amazing. This is the one. And then I realised a critical error. There were no answers. <laughs> there was just a thing at the bottom that said, drop your answers in the comments below this. No! I was like, I mean, no! but some of the questions were just like, it's like you needed some kind of like science degree just to be <laughs> able to. So, uh, so there we go. Uh, no surprises. I've got a suggestion for you. Love a suggestion. So rather than doing a question like that, where you either get the answer or you don't, try doing a nearest the pin style question. So I was thinking, because, I mean, we spent a lot of time on, you know, previous 
podcasts. We spent a lot of time doing like tiebreakers on, on the line, along the lines of, can you name the capacity of said stadium? Um, and they are great questions because you've got such a, such a breadth of, you know, of opportunities. But we've done a lot of them. So I was like, I like that. You know, can you tell me, you know, how many marbles are in this jar kind of situation? But I want something new. So, as is as is the way, I'm throwing it out to the people. The people. So, as an idea, this is something that the, the viewers, the listeners can sort of tick over. Obviously, there are... So, for closest to pin questions, obviously, you've got the capacity of stadiums. As you've said, we've already done quite a lot of those. So the next thing that you could do is number of career games for a certain player. Yeah. Or number of international caps for a certain player. Number of goals in a season. Number of goals for a certain player. Anything like that where the the answer is a specific number but isn't something that's a definitive answer, if that makes any sense. So, like, I'm never going to know how many career games to the correct number that Harry Kane has played. And obviously, the week that we, the week that we do the podcast, it will have changed and so that. So, um, yeah, something like that is is obviously something that could, could go up as a as a question um, because the like I said, the the answer, whilst it is a correct answer, isn't something that's like. Unless, unless I basically spend the ta- spend the time studying the intricate details of every person who's ever played football, I'm probably going to struggle to know those off the bat. So, and it makes it it gives like you an opportunity to win that one. It gives the listeners and the viewers a chance to win that one and stuff like that. So yeah, it makes it a bit more open. Well, there we go. What that does mean, and it does bring us to the any other business section, um, I feel that this week's podcast has covered a, a, a multitude of things in and around the football world. It's not just not just football, not just Middlesbrough. You know, we like to talk about Brentford a lot. And if we're not talking about Brentford, we want to find out what Wickham Wanderers are up to. I'm sure it'll change at some point. Um... I don't have anything else. I, I've, I've, I was about to say something then, and then I was like, "No, keep it PG." I have exhausted my, yeah. Um, I'm guessing there's nothing from you other than shock. Nothing, sir. So, I'll take the time now to say thank you to you. Thank you to these lovely people. Thank you to the world of football for bringing us content each and every week. And until next time, I'm going to say bye. Bye from me and it's bye from him. And uh, yeah, send us your send us your questions, people. Let's get this done. Bye. So there we go. What do you think to that? Another football podcast done. Another week of the season gone. Another week to look forward to. Oh, it's all go. Thanks, Paul, for uh, getting us through this week and on to next. And a big thank you to you, especially if you're one of our lovely YouTube subscribers. If you're an audio subscriber, big thank you to you too. So there we go. All the thank yous are done and uh, the podcast is done. So uh, that's it for now. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Bye.